You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com. Um, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're gonna, this, tonight will be our last evening on uh, talking about overcoming. I know that uh, last week I said prayer, once I got into it, it became an overcome sermon. And um, that just happens to be what is uh, going on in my heart, as you know. Uh, and so, um, but this week, uh, really, we may close the chapter and move on uh, post-encounter. But we're going to continue on and talking about overcoming. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this body of believers that are so committed to be people that follow you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open up your word to us tonight. God, I pray that the preacher would be desperate for you, and I pray that the hearer would be desperate for you. God, we pray that your word would come alive to us. We pray that your word would speak truths to us that would not be just head knowledge, but that would be revelatory in our heart, that would cause our hearts to be warmed and enlarged and filled with desire for God. Holy Spirit, come and do a miracle. Do what we cannot do with gifting, Lord God, but truly anoint your word, Lord God. We're, we're, we're desperate for that. We love you and we trust you. Amen. Verse 24, Paul speaking. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Tonight, I want to just talk about this great mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul speaking to the Gentiles, obviously that's us. Not born of Jewish descent, but people that the gospel has reached. We are Gentiles and Paul says, here is the great mystery. This great mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I know that many of us, the day that we said yes to Jesus, it was in some kind of children's church or with parents or something like that. And many of you have grown up in the church and maybe even when it was a teen camp or a college meeting where the invitation came forth, how many of you want to invite Jesus into your heart? How many want to, you know, invite the God of the ages, this consuming mass of God into your heart? And it was kind of this little uh, phrase, this into your heart. And it's this cute idea almost where, where you voluntarily decided to allow God because he needs you uh, almost to come into your little heart. And even when we say Christ in you, the hope of glory, it's so easy for us to think about this Christ, this this, this little Jesus coming to, you know, be on the throne of our heart. And, and I think all that's cute and all, I think that's sweet. But we know that that's basically kind of like milk and that we need to really kind of get the meat of what it means that Christ is in you and that the transforming power of God takes place in you. And so tonight I'm talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm talking about not uh, just a cute prayer that you prayed. I know when I was a kid, um, I grew up, as you know, uh, in church. And so uh, my mother gave us, when we were about two, we had to drink our milk. Did you have to drink your milk when you were a kid? And on, uh, 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 you know, as a triplet, we all, everything was in threes. And so there was three high chairs. There was three... Um, um, 
car seats. There was three rattles. There was three, actually my first grade year, it was quite embarrassing. We wore three matching lavender shirts on picture day. Um, it was a nightmare to be a boy amongst two girls. But anyway, and, and, and yet, but I remember as about two or three, maybe four years old, we all had our own little cup, you know, a little plastic cup that we drank our milk out of. Uh, Dana's was pink, Deborah's was green, and mine was blue. And on this cup, there was this picture of Jesus, cartoon Jesus, long beard Jesus with a little lamb. And I remember the day that I, quote unquote, asked Jesus to come into my heart. And what I pictured was Jesus, um, kind of this cartoon character, jumping off of the cup and, and like leaping into my chest. And, and cartoon Jesus came into my heart and I don't know how he got off the cup but he now exists in my heart and I don't need him on the cup anymore because he's on on my heart. So I pictured this cartoon Jesus and that's exaggerated in terms of an elementary way for us to think about but sometimes when we've when we've so started to kind of think about the concept of Jesus coming into my heart we've kind of diluted it and we don't really know the full power of what it means that Christ who was all power who is all power Christ who was was the healer and is the healer. Christ who was the sin hater and is today the sin hater. Christ who is the victorious king and is today the victorious king is alive inside of you and that you by merely saying yes to the finished work of the cross have Jesus alive inside of you and that makes you one of the most powerful people on the planet and it's not a cute little cartoon in your heart. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what I want to talk about tonight. When we go to talking about overcoming, there's so little power amongst many Christians. It's so, oft, so often it is a culture more than it is a powerhouse. So often it is uh, an attitude of, 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 of the good life more than it is the power of God in us, the Christ in you, hope of glory. You know that one of my heroes is von Zinzendorf and those of you that are just kind of visiting tonight. I won't take the time to tell you who the guy is because these guys have heard it 47,000 times. But Zinzendorf, although he did many historic things, he also would write. And one of the things he talked about was that at the end of the day, it's really a poor illustration to say, I want to invite Christ into my heart because it doesn't quite get the fullness of it. Oh, it's there and there's some truth to that. But if we wanted to really kind of capture what's taking place when we become a part of the redeemed when we ask Jesus to be Lord of our life, we wouldn't so much say we're inviting Jesus into our heart as much as that we're responding to Jesus' invitation to enter into his heart. As much as we are responding to the commission of Jesus to say, where he said, follow me, and then he said, go and make disciples, and he said, go in the power, go in the authority that I possess because I've stomped on the devil forever, and now I, I, Psalm 110, I will rule and reign. I will put Satan under my feet and I want you to go and do the same. I want to invite you into my heart. I want to invite you into the knowledge of who I am and what I possess. I want to invite you into passion. I want to invite you into partnership with the God of the ages. I want to invite you into an eternal city made of diamonds with streets of gold. I want to invite you into who I am. I'm going to give you the opportunity to sit on thrones. I'm going to give you the opportunity to be seated in heavenly places, Ephesians 2. And so this isn't so much just cute little nine-year-old 
inviting the cartoon Jesus to enter our heart. This is the God of the ages who has said, follow me. Come after me. And in so doing, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, who we are as the redeemed church, when you say yes to Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory, it's a mystery. It's so mysterious in the sense that we can't even fully begin to comprehend the magnitude of what it means. The expansion of power that we possess because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. What it looks like. Oh, it's more. It's far more than just, hey, Jesus, come into my heart. Man, it's us going into the depths of who he is, being a part of his heart and Christ inside of you. Sometimes when you hear that Jesus inside of you, you think about what's comfortable when Jesus is inside of you. You know, the transformation that you're going to allow Jesus to make inside of you. Christ in you, there's going to be some transformation and there are some elements of Christ, you know. There's some pieces, some slivers of Christ that I want to be in me. You know, I like the fact that he was compassionate, so maybe, maybe I want some of that. I like the idea that he was loved, maybe I'll take some of that. I don't know what I think about the whole ripping the temple apart thing. I don't really want to be an angry person. Maybe I'll neglect that or I'll leave that part out. And when I say I'm going to have Christ be in me, the hope of glory, I'm going to invite parts of Christ to be alive inside of me. But the whole Christ, no way. But friends, I tell you, the day that you said yes to Jesus, it's all or nothing. You can't invite part of Jesus, part of his commission, part of his authority, part of his heart. It's the whole deal. It's the whole thing. And when you say, yes, Christ, be in me. God of the ages. I want this mystery to be true. I want to know what it means that Christ is in me, the hope of glory. I don't want a part. I want all of it. I want God, the merciful. I want God, the judge. I want Christ, the compassionate, alive inside of me. And what would, what would happen if this went from being merely an idea that we know to be true to something that we actually access? I mean, imagine Brendan, he's got engaged yesterday, and so Brendan is probably in a time right now where he needs money that he knows not of. And so he's probably in the season where he's thinking, oh man, oh man, oh man, it's time to pick up an extra job at Chipotle, it's time to get my small brother to work small jobs for $6 an hour, and it's time for me to do whatever I can to get all the money I can, maybe I will mortgage my, my, my student loans, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out a way to, to rip off somebody to buy a ring and to buy all the, I gotta buy a house, or I don't know, that's probably down the road, but I got all, all the stuff, and so he's kind of in that mode right now, I want you to imagine that I have for Brendan sitting in a lockbox down at Chase Bank on North Academy that I have $500,000 in cash. It's not true, just for those of you that are curious. <laughs> Sorry, Brendan. But just for the sake of this analogy, let's imagine that it's so. And let's imagine that it's there and that it's got Brendan's name on it. It's for him. It's there for him. And he walks through this next season. And the cash is sitting there. But he has no knowledge that it's there with his name on it. <laughs> Imagine what he'd be missing. 
<laughs> I mean, he's going to be having a honeymoon in Pueblo when he could be <laughs> in Hawaii. You know? He's, he's going to be settling for a string ring when he could be... That rhymed, you know? He's going to be settling for less there. Or let's take it differently. Let's imagine, not how ludicrous that would be, but imagine how insane it would be if he knew it were there, and yet he didn't want to take the time to drive to North Academy and pick it up and go access it. Be crazy. You'd look at him and you'd say, uh, hello. There's a measure available that you're not accessing, brother. It'd be wise of you to drive to North Academy, open up the lockbox, and pull the cash out. It's there. It's got your name on it. Dude, what are you thinking? I wonder what the day will be like when we look back at our lives. Colossians 1 says extremely clearly that we have inside of us Christ, the hope of glory, the hope for tomorrow. We have inside of us full, I mean, the capacity of who Christ is and comfort in Christ. Why did we spend our years angry when we had the compassionate God alive inside of us, able to be accessed if we so desire. Why? Why did we settle for a lack of miracles when the healer, Christ in you? Imagine Christ with skin on. Not a theoretical idea that you read about in the New Testament. Imagine the real Jesus. The real person. In you. Christ in you. Imagine Jesus. The things that Jesus did on the planet happening through you. Imagine the untapped power, the untapped compassion, the untapped mercy, Christ in you, through you. Oh man, what a mystery. What an incredible thing. The merciful God in you, the glorious God available to us. There is so much available to you and to me that we ought to access. We say, Christ, the fullness in me. Why don't we do it? Because we don't have faith. At the end of the day, it's really that little word, faith. Huh. That's the word that we have to wrestle with and that we really we really if we were if we were gut honest and we were to say here's why I continue to allow bad attitudes to take place here's the real reason here's the real reason why I don't believe for the miracles here's the real reason why I'm not so sure that I have the power to evangelize the lost I don't know that I have faith for that what is faith? You know this well, Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. 
some people kind of play with faith a little bit and it gives it a bad name, you know? So in order to be like radical Christians, we don't want to be weirdos. And so we don't use the faith word a whole lot because we don't want to be the weird people. And sometimes when you imagine faith, you know, you think of people that are kind of just giving forth a pious lie. <laughs> you know, it's everything said in faith, but it doesn't connect with your brain because realistically, rather than, rather than speaking forth the things of the kingdom, it feels like they're living in a weird land, you know, like they're not coming to grips with reality. It's like, you know, me saying, um, yeah, I'm 5'6", almost, and you saying, don't speak that over you, have faith. I'd look at you and I'd be like, shut up, dude, it's fact. I'm old, I'm not growing, I'm actually probably shrinking, and uh, that's just the way things are, and if you started to talk back about, have faith, I'd be like, what? I don't know that I get it. You know, or when you run into someone who, I have, I have a million dollars, I have a million dollars, I speak it in faith, you know, and you're like, dude, it's fact, you don't have a million dollars. I know that as we as the body of Christ wrestle with what it means to really possess authentic faith and to really possess the heart of God, I want to encourage you that I don't see faith so much as kind of like this pious lying, you know, this spiritual lying. I'm talking about faith is the acceptance of a fact which already exists, but which has not yet been manifested to your senses. Faith is, it is finished. I've conquered the grave. He says, I will rule and reign. I will hurl Satan down, Romans, or Revelation 12, 11. Satan is defeated. And now in faith, oh man, there's ways we don't see that yet, but we go and we establish it. When someone says, I'm afflicted, by demonic activity, you know by the word of God, which is true, that it's already done, that that does not have to be. And so in faith, you say, may it never be. When someone is sick and hurting in their body, you say, may it never be. And you believe in faith. Faith is knowing that. And man, with your spiritual senses, man, you can't see it. Right now, I can't see heaven but I have faith that it exists. Why? It's in the word of God. I believe it to be true. Man, with my senses, I can't hear it. Listen, can you hear it? You know? I know some of you like, you know, vineyard people, you can because you're like, I think I hear something. (laughs) No. All right. No, we can't really, I mean, you know, we could try. I can hear the wisps of angels' wings, but I don't, I can't hear the wisps of angels' wings right now. (laughs) I wish I could. But in faith, man, I know where this thing's going. I can't see with my physical eyes, you know, seraphims yet. Eyes all over their bodies, you know, on their kneecaps and under their armpits crying, holy, holy, holy. But man, I have faith that they're there. I know they're there. You know what I mean? I can't see right now can't hear right now a great multitude from every tongue, every tribe, and every nation worshiping around the throne room. 
oh, but man, do I believe it. Do I believe it's going to happen. Oh, I know it to be true the same way that I know that God is good and that this is not a real building. I know it. You know, I know it to be true. It's just fact. I know it. I can't prove it, but I know it. It's alive in here. And that's where we got to stand. Christ in you, the hope of glory, you got to have faith. You step on that bus to go to the West Coast. And we don't want to be the people that spread a little church culture to another church. We want to be people that lay our hands on the kid that's demonically oppressed by fear and say, be gone. We want to be people that in faith look at the the young girl that starved for affection and say, the God of the ages loves you. And she goes, it's a living reality. We have faith inside of us. We know it to be true. The kid that's got entrenched in lust That's the body of people that we're called to be. We're not, we're, we're not going to just spread, spread some, you know, little, little church culture and cool shirts, matching t-shirts and sweet, we got cool people on our bus. And dude, if you're really cool, you know, jump on, man. Go to the next city, dude. No, we're going to be a people that are filled Christ in you, the hope of glory. I mean, look at who Christ is and say, Jesus, Jesus with skin on. Jesus, the Jesus I read about that cast out demons, I want you. I want that in me. The Jesus that fed the hungry, I want that in me. Jesus, Christ in me, I want that. But I want you to imagine, you know, when you look at when you look at a building, you know, and you, like you walk into this tent tonight, and um, it's, it, the, the reason why there's light in here is because you flip a switch, right? But it's dark when you come in, and the only way that there becomes light is by flipping that switch, but you can't see the little wires that make it happen. You can't see it, right? But you know what? When you, when, I, I mean, imagine bringing someone here that had never seen electricity before, and you were like, Dude, once I flip this switch, there's going to be light in here, like the sun. And, you know, they're like from the Flagalagalaga tribe, and they've never, they've never seen it before. It'd be hard to convince them, but you could get them to have some faith that, oh, okay, the light's going to come on, you know. Most of us are, are people that we only live by what we can see. And unless we see the wires and we can understand it, and we know how it works. But you know what? This thing, this Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man, I want to encourage you, spiritually speaking, flip that switch and believe the light of God. You're gonna, and you're going to see things that, man, you can't even fully comprehend the way that it all works. But you believe with faith. Christ in you, the healer. Christ in you, the God of the ages. Christ in you, the God of compassion. Jesus, the one who, he's the one that forgives his enemies, the one that's on the cross, and looks out. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. 
I mean, imagine Jesus, the forgiver of enemies. He's the one that Judas, his dear friend, betrays him with a kiss. Jesus, the ultimate forgiver. He knows that Judas is going to actually betray him and he actually calls him friend. Isn't that interesting? Friend. Jesus, the healer of the sick, the blind, the lepers, the lame. Jesus, the sin hater. That's the one we don't like to talk about. The one that tears apart the temple. The one that says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. That's hate and sin. Jesus, the hope giver. Jesus, the one that looks at the broken. When all the others are throwing rocks at the adulterous woman, he says, neither do I condemn you. Go, sin no more. Gives hope to the broken. He's compassionate. Christ, compassionate. Gives food to the 5,000. Why? Because they were hungry. I mean, we kind of think, oh yeah, Jesus probably, you know, from eternity past, he'd been planning that moment, you know, where he's going to be like, watch this, smorgasbord. No, Jesus is out there preaching. He's out there declaring, like, dude, guys, these guys are hungry. Real practical needs. Here, come here, Johnny. Let's, let's turn these loaves and fish into thousands upon thousands of loaves and fish. He's got compassion. Man, we want in us Christ, not, uh, not a verse that you've read, but imagine these stories about Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want you to not just accept what you can see and what you can taste and what you can touch with your own physical senses, but man, open the eyes of your heart. Go, God, beyond what I can even see, I believe. Beyond what I can hear, I believe. Colossians 3.10, if you skip forward two chapters, it says, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in, not, uh, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. How do you get renewed? This... Knowledge of God. I want to encourage you tonight. Imagine you're getting renewed in the knowledge of God. That means you become a person that studies the attributes of God. His compassion, his kindness, his holiness, all that. But then go a step further. We've preached on that before. We know that. And think, I'm renewed in the knowledge of the image of my creator, who God is. And then you want to take it to a different level and throw a little bit of flair in there. That's Christ, that I'm renewed by studying him. And now, that God, that Christ in me, the hope of glory, whoa, whoa. You want to be energized. Wash your mind on those truths. Renew your mind by thinking about those ideas. Believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it. Talk about it, talk about it, think about it, think about it, pray about it, pray about it, and that's... 
it'll start to set in. You know, some people are the opposite. Some people so renew their mind in lies, they start to believe it. They, they so renew their mind in, in lies and they still, you know, tell stories in their mind that they think are true, that are a little bit off, and then they become a little bit more off. They actually believe lies. Dude, I was a baller in high school, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why? But in their brain, they remember the days, and it's kind of like they want to be, and so they've told the story so many times, so it's almost they believe the lie that they've kind of told themselves over and over again. Dude, in high school, man, chicks digged me back then, man. Dude, I was some, dude, I was popular. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, seriously, man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever talked to someone that wasn't popular in high school. Like, dude, I was so popular, man. I had so many, you know? Because well, I, I want to remember it, and I want to, I kind of told myself that. So, you know, three, four, five years later, they state the way they want it to be, and before you know it, dude, they're, they were popular, they were, they were, you know, basketball, football stud, and they dominated on the court. What, they've kind of lied to themselves, I'm not talking about myself, of course, uh, but they, <laughs> they've kind of lied to themselves so many times that in their head it's true. And they'll say it just like it's true. Are you with me? You know people like that. You know people that... Talk about things that you're going, dude, no way. But they actually believe it. And their problem isn't that they think they're lying to you. It's that they are, but they've told themselves that they're not. They've renewed their mind in lies so many times, they just think they're speaking the truth. Imagine if it works for people that go from renewing their mind in lies to believing it to be true. Imagine if you renewed your mind in bedrock truth of the word of God. How powerful it becomes. <laughs> How much it defines you. That these ideas in the scriptures of what you renew your mind on matter so much. You renew your mind on Christ in me, the hope of glory. <sighs> when we're talking about faith, we're not talking about spiritual optimism only. We're not talking about uh, just kind of a, a mystical hope. We're talking about the truth that already exists, that we cannot see with our physical senses, but, like we, but we know to be true because of Christ and the word of God. It is, it is so. It is thus. You may not be able to see it with your eyes. I may not be able to see it with mine in a tangible way, but beyond those physical senses, man, we know it to be true. And we believe. You are not um, believing spiritual fantasy and calling it faith. You're believing that the word of God is true, that Christ has conquered sin and Satan on the earth, and that you will rule and reign with him forever, and therefore all authority has been given to you, and thus, man, nothing will stop me, and I have faith for miracles, and I have faith for revival, and I have faith for a victorious church, and I have faith that every word that I say can be uh, advancing the kingdom of God, and I have faith that every relationship can be mended, and I have faith that God will heal the sick. I have faith that God will open blind eyes. Why? Because it's already been declared by the word of God. It is fact according to the word of God, and you're not just living in some kind of spiritual fantasy, hoping for some things to be true, 
and calling it faith. No, it's already established in the kingdom of God. And you live in the God of this, you live in this world where the God of this age has come to blind your mind to say, oh, no, you're living in fantasy. You say, no, 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 it's not fantasy. It's already written in heaven. Therefore, I have faith that it'll happen. That's the people of faith that we are. Christ in me. Ha ha. Look out. Christ in me, I'm fearless. Christ in me, compassion for the poor. Christ in me, compassion for the hurting. Christ in me, able to sacrifice much for the sake of the kingdom. Christ in me. So, what's the repercussions if you believe this? How does it change our lives? It's the so what moment. So, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So what? I'll tell you, so what? John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, you will bear much. Say much. Much fruit. If you're not bearing fruit, you're tolerating sin. Christ in you. Hope of glory. You're remaining in Christ. When you look at a vine, a vine has all these, you know, juices inside of it. And the branches flow from it. The vine's big. The branches are smaller. The fruit comes off the branches. But the branches are an extension of what's, of what's going on in the vine. And so, right now, often we live in the world of, let's hope for something supernatural. We're surprised when it happens, but we'll give a good praise report when it does. That's not where we want to be. That's better than people that don't believe in the supernatural and don't see the supernatural, and those exist. And so sometimes we're okay to feel radical by saying, we believe in the supernatural and we see it once every three months, and so glory be to God. But, but, but we've got to accelerate our faith enough to not actually be satisfied with that level. Where we want to be is These little branches, these little extensions, Christ the vine, Christ in me, the juices that are in, I mean, it's not really <laughs> juices, but you know what I'm saying, the power, the, the stuff of, in Christ, the, his compassion, his life, all the things of Jesus are, are in me, and I'm this branch, and so when I go around, and, and, I, and, I, and I have compassion on the kid that's rejected by most people, and he looks back at me, and he says, dude, why are you being so nice to me? It's not like, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm cool. It's like, dude, he's the vine. I'm a branch. He is compassion. Of course I have compassion. When you look at me, hopefully you see a conduit that takes you right to the vine. That's who I am. I am a branch. I, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm a baby branch. What's up? You know? Dude, you prayed for me and I got healed. Wow. Who are you? No, 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 it's not. Of course you got healed. I'm baby branch. That's the vine. I got conduit juices coming <laughs> to you from him. And there's gonna be fruit because Christ in me, the hope of glory, the stuff that's in Christ, he's alive inside of me. And so, of course, you're gonna see stuff. What's up, dude? I'm branch man. <laughs> he's the vine. You're the branch stuff happens. 
He's the vine. He's got the life and all the stuff. You're smaller. You're littler. But even the name Christian is little Christ. Christian. The stuff of Christ through you. And now, because of Christ and through Christ and for Christ, you, little branch man, actually become for others the hope of glory. And you're just sucking them in and sending them to the vine. You go, dude, it's about this. Of course you're going to see Christ-likeness. Of course you're going to see compassion. Of course you're going to see mercy. Of course you're going to see healings. Of course you're going to see the power of God. Christ in me. Of glory. He's your hope. Of course, you're going to experience. We want to be people that truly live with real faith on the planet. And I want you to believe when you picture having faith, when you picture Christ in you, picture the real person alive inside of you and the things that he did. Man, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Therefore, Jesus says, go and do the stuff. Therefore, that's who we are. And our hope and our life and our joy comes from him. And we're these little, little branches just, just spreading it, being it being that all over the place. Authentic, real Christianity. Not, not like, dude, just, man, hey, I go to a church that's got cool lights. I go to a church that's got, like, free coffee. Of course I go to that church. Well, I would go to another church and give me food, and I'm a college student. I can live off New Life Church, you know? No, no, no. It's, I, go to a, I go hang out with a group of people that want to be the authentic expression, the real conduits of the juices of God. That's me. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Father, we love you. May it be true of us. May we truly be overcomers. May we do the things that you talk about in your word. May we not only read them, may they be our testimony. May we overcome by the knowledge, by the power, by the finished work of the blood of the Lamb. And by the very real, very tangible, very expressive, very fruit-bearing testimonies that we possess. May we not stand before you and have not fully believed in the blood of the cross. And may we not stand before you and not really had power in our testimony. We want the fullness of the cross And we want a testimony with Christ, the story. Christ, the epic story. And we're just the baby branches, just out doing the stuff. And we want all of you, Jesus. We want all of you. We want all that you give us. We love you and we trust you. And everybody said amen. Amen. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.